Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. It is the opening day of the NCAA tournament, but we divert for a bit, talk a little baseball, as we do every Thursday at this time with the ESPN MLB insider Buster Olney. Buster, how are you? Um, a little bummed today. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, with what happened in the WBC last night, I, I think people are all around the sport are kind of bummed, you know, about about seeing Edwin Diaz lying in a heap, the best reliever in baseball, you know, perhaps out indefinitely. And what's tough is that it's going to bring about so much anti-WBC sentiment. And it's been a really fun tournament. You can tell it matters to the players. It does matter to fans. But that injury is going to bring about a lot of anti-WBC feeling. I don't think there's any question about it. And look, this could be a case where whatever your perspective is, you're right. Uh, if you feel like WBC is, is a, a vehicle that uh, advances the sport, uh, you know, brings more interest, excites fans, certainly more than that, you know, the sleepy exhibition games that we see, then I think you'd be right. And if you're a, a team, if you're the New York Mets today, and you wake up and you don't have your, you know, the best closer in baseball, and that's what Edwin Diaz is, the highest paid reliever in the history of baseball, and you don't have him going into this incredibly competitive uh, National League season, then you also, you, you can't blame the Mets for saying, wait a second, we're, we're not comfortable with this happening, uh, you know, away from our camp. These teams all put in, you know, clauses into the contracts uh, for players, especially the guys making the most money. Uh, you're not allowed to skydive. You're not allowed to play basketball. You're not allowed to ride a motorcycle because they don't want injuries to happen outside of the workplace. Well, that's exactly what happened last night. Edwin Diaz was outside of the Mets' workplace, uh, and now the Mets are in a situation where you have an irreplaceable reliever not available to them. So you could understand why their feeling would be this: look, this doesn't serve our purpose. It might serve as major, you know, baseball globally, but in terms of Mets trying to win this year, it's devastating. You know, I understand that about the idea of the workplace and all that. But, look, Ronald Acuna Jr. was playing winter ball in Venezuela this year. And Gavin Lux blew out his ACL at spring training. Baseball players play baseball, and when you do that, you have a, have a chance of getting hurt, Buster. I, I completely agree with you. And as I say, I think you can think that, uh, see that, uh, you know, both perspectives are right. Um, and there's no doubt about it. The teams are not going to feel the same about an injury that took place, uh, you know, outside of their games. Um, you know, and they're kind of left holding the bag. For example, you know, the the New York Mets. You know, they they lose the closer, and I'm sure there's insurance on the injury. But the Mets uh, luxury tax uh, is not lowered because Edwin Diaz is not available to them. They're still going to get charged that money. It's a $30 million hit for them that he's not able to pitch, you know, having a guy who's not productive. So, uh, as they say, I, I, I think that uh, there, this is a case where you have countering perspectives and they might both be right. As for the tournament itself, we are getting down towards the uh, towards the end here. We've got a couple teams advanced to the semifinals, a couple teams looking to get to the semifinals. Team USA kind of had to sweat it out, but they're on to the quarterfinals. And how about the Dominican Republic being eliminated before even the quarterfinal round? That's one of the big upsets uh, of the tournament. Yeah, I remember you know earlier this winter when we first saw the, the Dominican lineup uh, you know, posted on social media, like, oh my God, who's going to beat that team? 
well, they don't even make it. <laughs> yeah. they didn't, you know, they, they get knocked out relatively early, and it just tells you, uh, you know, how deep this tournament is, how much uh, the players are invested in it, you know, that a team that good uh, is knocked out early. And, look, I, as, as I watch these teams, I, I really feel like Team Japan looks unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shohei Otani leading the way. Somehow – he looks like the, the 12-year-old who hit puberty four years before <laughs> anybody else. And he just seems to get better and better and better. It, it really has been a great baseball. It's been a compelling tournament. It's been interesting. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it winds up. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Let's come back to the home front where we are now just two weeks away exactly from opening day, the Red Sox have announced that Corey Kluber is going to be their opening day starter. And, you know, it's probably more ceremonial in terms of anything than how much it actually matters. But Corey Kluber at age, you know, 37 is not the guy I envisioned being the guy to lead the Red Sox out uh, out on the field this season. Well, it's interesting because, you know, you see the emotion of someone like Mitch Keller. Yeah, uh, that was cool. The Pittsburgh Pirates who was told he's the opening day starter and his manager, you know, uh, Derek Shelton, gives him a bottle of champagne. Yeah. So it is, uh, on one hand, you know, opening day has some importance to it. But I think if you're the Red Sox, if you're the Yankees, you're a team that, uh, you know, where you feel like your standard is trying to win the World Series, opening day is somewhat overrated, which is why, from what I understand, you know, Alex Cora, uh, you know, wanted to relieve Chris Sale of the burden of starting starting on opening day, sort of that emotional burden, because he's thinking about the 162 games. He's thinking about, you know, Chris Sale sort of easing his way into the season, into the competition, um, you know, as opposed to focusing on that one game. And Corey Kluber, you know, we're talking about a former Cy Young Award winner. In recent years, he's had a lot of injuries. He hasn't been as good. But uh, he, he certainly is, is someone who is going to be comfortable in that moment starting an opening day like he used to the Guardians. Can the WBC um, bump up somebody's roster status with the Red Sox? Like, Yu Chang was an afterthought to me. He goes out and wins the Pool A MVP at the World Baseball Classic, hits a couple of home runs, plays great for Team Chinese Taipei. Does, does that bump up his chances of making the roster buster? You know, it's possible that, you know, that, uh, that they'll see what they see. But, uh, I mean, let's face it, if you're the Red Sox uh, talent evaluators, uh, you're going to want to see it done in front of you. You're going to want to, you know, have them in camp and, and feel good about that, I think, firsthand. I, I can't imagine somebody's going to win a job just playing on TV. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right about that as well. Let's talk about the Yankees who you mentioned a minute ago. Every year it seems to be health problems with the Yankees. And, you know, it's Lou Trevino and Carlos Rodon and injuries in the outfield. Why can't the Yankees stay healthy? Well, uh, you know, in the case of Carlos Rodon, this is someone with a long history of injuries. In fact, when they brought up, uh, you know, they told him last week that he had a mild uh, elbow sprain. He told them, look, I pitched with this last year. I'll be fine. I'm ready to move forward. Um, and in some other cases, it's a it's a fluke injury, right? Uh, you know, Harrison Bader uh, having the oblique strain that he did, and he's going to be out. Hal Steinbrenner was asked about it last, yesterday. You know, I was in a group of reporters speaking with the Yankees owner, and his response was, well, I'm going to go glass half full and, and say that it's better to have these injuries this time of year than later in the year, like it happened last year for the Yankees. 
Um, it does feel like that every year we're, we're talking about Yankees injuries, that's for sure. You know, I haven't paid, you know, because of the WBC, I've been more in tune with that and a little less in tune with spring training itself. Haven't heard as much buzz right now about the Blue Jays or about the Rays. What can you tell us a little bit about the sentiment around uh, those other two AL East foes? Yeah, that the Blue Jays have a lot more balance. You know, they spent the winter uh, in pursuit of left-handed hitting. In recent years, the Blue Jays, you know, who made the playoffs last year, 92-70, and 70, uh, they did that with a very right-handed lineup, and especially with the, the rules uh, against defensive shifts this year. They worked uh, on balancing their lineup. They signed Kevin Kiermeyer, They signed Brandon Belt. They trade for Dalton Varsho, uh, you know, corner outfielder. So they feel like that overall they're going to have more balance with that lineup, which would be important for them. Bo Bichette has had a good spring. I think his defense uh, and uh, you know the Blue Jays hope that 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 part of his game is going to get better. Is going to be important for them this year. You know he was last in uh, in one of the key defensive stats last year among all regular shortstops. Still only 25, he can get better. And with the Rays, what you keep on hearing over and over and over again is. Wow, that team is so athletic, and the feeling is, is that as these you know rules are affected against defensive shifts, that uh, the Rays might be able to handle that more than most teams because of that great athleticism. You know, their big signing during the winter was Zach Eflin, a free agent from the Philadelphia Phillies. He looks great; mm. like he looks like a guy who could take a big step forward mm. and go from you know the third tier up to the second tier of starting pitchers. Buster, I'll get you out of here on a couple of uh, random questions, but. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. The Boston Bruins have been kind of chasing history all season. I haven't checked their recent pace, but they were on pace for the most points in a single season in NHL history. They've dropped a couple of games here. Now the question is, should they be going for history or should they be trying to get healthy heading into the playoffs? You have covered teams that have been in a similar boat. The 98 Yankees who you covered, the 01 Mariners. What is your feeling on teams trying to balance chasing history versus you know setting up for a title? Yeah, I think they should absolutely focus on the big picture of trying to win the championship. You know, down the stretch of the '98 uh, for the '98 Yankees, Joe Torre rested a lot of his everyday guys. You know, got him out almost like spring training. You know, three at bats and get him out in the sixth or seventh inning because Joe understood if you don't win the World Series, then everything you did during the regular season is not validated. But and teams can get caught up in that. I remember a few years ago when the the Cleveland Indians won like 21, 22 yeah. straight games, um, and their players pushed down the stretch to make that happen. I remember talking with one of the uh, the staffers after the season and like, hey, what what went wrong at the end? And he said, our players uh, focused so much on that streak that we were gassed by the end of the regular season instead of you know being uh, you know being well rested and going into the most important part of the the, the season. Buster, tough matchups for both the UVM men and the UVM women in the NCAA tournament. They are both there, though. They're both 15 seeds. The Catamount men are taking on Marquette tomorrow afternoon. The Catamount women, the unfortunate draw of being at UConn on Saturday. Are you going to pick any Catamount teams in your brackets or what? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, as I told you, I, you know, I, I live in Montana now, and so uh, – uh, and I, my partner works in Montana State. I picked um, the 14th seed to beat Ca- uh, Kansas State. Are and, they? Uh, you know that that probably is as far as the limb as I'm ready to go out on. But you know maybe it, 
uh, in, uh, you know, Taylor Coppenrath somewhere is probably filling out the catamounts at number 15, uh, advancing into the, the final four. Well, let's hope so. He still, he still lives here. I saw him the other day. So, uh, is Montana state <laughs> the, uh, the Bobcats? That's exactly right. All right. The, the, the rivals are the Grizzlies, Montana state or the Bobcats. I'll wish them good luck, Buster. Uh, I might've picked him in one bracket myself as well. Buster be well. Two weeks away from baseball, and uh, next week when we talk, it'll just be seven days. I can't wait. We'll talk next week. Go Bobcats. <laughs>